I'll tell you what madness is. Madness is saying, let this disease rip. Let people die. Let whole economies be shut down. Let's stop us being able to return to our way of life. That is what is madness. There he is, a very fired up federal opposition leader, Anthony Albanese. He joins me on the program. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Mark. It's good to be with you. George Christensen, uh, he was on the floor of Parliament yesterday uh, declaring that masks don't work and lockdowns don't work. He basically says, well, we need to accept that tragically some people will die, but we need to get on with it. Well, people in Greater Sydney and other parts of Australia are doing it really tough at the moment. They're making sacrifices. Uh, They're worried about their health. They're worried about their jobs. They're worried about uh, their way of life and when it will return to normal. And here we have someone who has the great honour of representing a community in our national parliament, uh, spreading misinformation, uh, spreading uh, stuff that's just uh, about conspiracy theories and just not adding uh, anything constructive uh, to our national debate. And I thought it was time that we called it out. Well, why isn't and, the Prime uh, Minister calling it out? Why isn't Scott Morrison censuring this man? Well, Scott Morrison in the end voted for the motion uh, that I moved on the floor of the Parliament. Okay. But, but there was a 15-minute speech from myself followed by 15 minutes from Scott Morrison in which he did not mention the name of George Christensen, mm. or, the, or, or name him as the member for Dawson. It was like Voldemort from Harry Potter. Uh, he was the, the person who couldn't be named. Now, that's not leadership. Leadership is calling it out, saying this man is peddling misinformation. People shouldn't be listening to him. He should be behaving, be behaving responsibly. And uh, that's what uh, leadership is. And I think the Prime Minister failed the test yesterday by going one step forward, but then fouling uh, in in actually calling it out explicitly, which is what people have to do when there's misinformation there. Yeah. Call it out explicitly, name it, say it's wrong. Uh, this is a guy who attended uh, the rally in Mackay on the day that those rallies occurred a, a couple of Saturdays ago. Well, that's where right. Where we saw police assaulted. We saw a police horse assaulted. Mm. Uh, we saw despicable behaviour against our frontline police officers, men and women who, who are bravely uh, protecting us as a community who deserve better. And the fact that uh, the Prime Minister couldn't name him uh, in, uh, in a 15-minute address to the Parliament was, I think, quite astonishing. All right, well, just moving away from that, let's go to the vaccine rollout. Uh, it was finally, I guess, admitted, kind of, that it is a race. Uh, semantics aside, and, you know, putting the words aside for a moment, uh, only 36% of staff in aged care are fully vaccinated, just 44% of residents in disability care are fully vaccinated. Uh, that's despite the federal government telling us, assuring us, they'd all be vaccinated by Easter. I mean, it's a failure in policy, and it's also, you know, it's great that we've got Moderna coming on board with another mRNA vaccine, but unfortunately, in some cases, like here in Sydney, it's almost like the horse has bolted. 
Well, Malcolm Turnbull has described this as the greatest public policy failure in Australia's history since Federation. And uh, that's from the former Liberal Prime Minister. Uh, What we've seen here, uh, and again, we saw it uh, this week with the announcement or re-announcement re-Moderna, is Moderna's a vaccine that delivered uh, 100 million doses to the US administration last year in 2020. Uh, was approved across Europe, across Asia, Japan, other countries in January, February and March of this year. We're at August and we're just getting round to the preliminary approval of a drug of which at the moment, as we speak, we have no doses uh, here in Australia. Yep. Uh, we, it, this has always been a race, always been a race, to race to get the vaccine done and to race to get national quarantine facilities, which at the moment, of course, we have none except for Howard Springs, none throughout the whole country. And uh, this, uh, if we're going to return to normal, we need two things to be done. The Prime Minister had two big jobs this year, vaccine and quarantine, and we're fouled on both of them. All right, to the IPCC report of just the other day. Uh, Much has been said about it. Um, I was a little disappointed in the government's response. There was a lot of obfuscation and ignoring, I guess, the calls to set uh, some sort of target by 2030. Uh, 2050 is way too late. You say the IPCC report is another clear sign that the world is going to move rapidly toward renewable energy. We know climate change means worsening bushfires, worse floods and worse droughts. For Australia, it is a threat to our way of life and a threat to jobs. But it's also an opportunity, Anthony. It certainly is. It's an opportunity to create jobs by having Uh, low emissions technology, the cheapest form of new energy in Australia is renewables. And you can create jobs whilst reducing energy prices, therefore making advanced manufacturing more competitive, uh, embracing uh, new technology, not describing it as the Prime Minister did during the election campaign, that somehow moving over a period of time in a sensible way to electric vehicles, as the whole world is as they now acknowledge is happening, uh, is going to end the weekend. Uh, this fear campaign that seems to characterise uh, Scott Morrison uh, and his prime ministership uh, needs to end. And the truth is uh, that uh, a clean energy future will be one that creates jobs, uh, doesn't destroy them, yeah. uh, creates opportunities that are there in our region as well. We can be a renewable energy superpower for the world, and we should be. Well, Anthony, what we need are leaders that govern not only for today, but our future. I want my grandchildren and great grandchildren and further generations to enjoy a climate that is hospitable. I want them to be able to go to the Great Barrier Reef and not see the whole thing bleached. I want them to not suffer extended droughts and, and, and you know, uh, mind-numbingly brutal bushfires. We need a government that looks toward the future rather than just propping itself up with donations from the fossil fuel industry. It's time to get off the teat 
of, of those big multinationals that pay little or no tax. And as you say, it's time to look to a renewable future. Does that mean we shut down coal-fired power stations tomorrow? No, of course it doesn't. It means we need to transition. But without a target... And while we're fumbling and bumbling with the figures on an international level to make ourselves appear like we're doing something when we're really not, we need to ensure that future generations are catered for. That's right. And we need to adopt, as the rest of the world has, net zero emissions by 2050. We need to join with the rest of the world, uh, not be sitting in a corner with uh, a a few countries uh, shouting at at the moon that uh, that we don't want uh, any any of that future. Uh, and Australia has so much to gain, but so much to lose. And it's only 18 months ago, our, our country was uh, on fire. The, the whole of the southeast coast yep. uh, was on fire. Uh, South Australia was devastated. Uh, that followed a prolonged drought, uh, which created the conditions, of course, for... Uh, the extreme fires that we saw, uh, with catastrophic consequences. And uh, what this report warns uh, from the world's preeminent scientists is that those extreme weather events will be uh, more common. And we're seeing it now in Russia. We're seeing it in Greece. Uh, we're seeing it in China with uh, extreme floods. Uh, we're seeing these events happen uh, more often. And, and closer together and be more intense. Now, that's not to say that you uh, every extreme event uh, is the direct result of climate change. It's to look at the patterns which are there, yeah. to look at the consequences of not acting. And we have a huge responsibility uh, for ourselves, but importantly for our, our children and our grandchildren as you say, Marcus, and responsible governments need to lead. The Biden administration is leading. What Joe Biden shows is the difference that when you change the government, you can make to the country and indeed to the globe. And uh, I want to lead a government uh, that uh, joins with the Biden administration in, uh, in taking the action that is necessary. We'll have no choice. We, we, given uh, the latest scientific information, we'll have no choice. Otherwise, there's no future. We need to take it dead set seriously. Before I let you go, Albo, I was watching Question Time last week. Yep, I'm one of those. And <laughs> Barnaby Joyce, two things. Um, I liked your reply uh, to, I don't know what, what he's on about, but he's certainly not answering the question. And then, of course, so there's that, and then, of course, uh, he hopped on a flight on Thursday night to get out of Canberra. I'm sure that, that you would have loved to have come back to Sydney. I'm sure there are many MPs in Canberra that would have loved to have gone home for the weekend to see their family. I don't buy this nonsense that he didn't know that Armidale would go into lockdown. He's the second, well, he's the second in charge, if you like, Deputy Prime Minister. I... Uh, was very critical of him earlier this week, saying he damn well should be in Canberra. We're dealing with a national emergency, and yet here he is hopping on a taxpayer-funded jet to get back to Armidale. I don't think it's good enough from a deputy PM. Well, I think really that that is a matter for him. I would not be uh, critical of uh, anyone for going to see their family. I know how tough it is to be apart, but 
uh, I certainly have made uh, the decision at the moment to be basing myself in Canberra, as have a range of, of colleagues from throughout throughout the country, it's got to be said, uh, because uh, that is, if we were in Sydney or if you're in a region that's a hotspot, then you are locked down. And that means you can't uh, carry out the duties that you have. Well, well let me put uh, it this way then, Anthony. Um, would you uh, travel to Sydney um, despite, well, obviously you can't because you'd need to go into quarantine. That's effectively what the Deputy Prime Minister has done. I would have thought he'd be better placed in Canberra. Look, I know it's yeah, hard, but, but it's not the, and I, I understand and I appreciate you saying, oh, we, you know, everybody has a right to see their family, but there are literally millions of Australians that can't see their family at the moment, but it seems the Deputy Prime Minister at taxpayer expense can just top on a plane and go and see his and then not worry to go back to work. Well, Australians are doing it tough yeah. uh, throughout uh, throughout the entire country. I think that uh, is, is really a, a matter for him. Um, right. So I'm, I'm not going to uh, be critical of uh, the personal choices that, that people make. Uh, I've made... Uh, my choices, which are, are very difficult, uh, but it, it, it pales into uh, into complete insignificance compared with those people who are doing it tough, who aren't able to go to their, go to work, who aren't able uh, to see their loved ones. So, I mean, the, the prime minister promised. I, I'll make this point, Marcus. Sure. Um, the prime minister promised that Australians who were stranded overseas would be home by Christmas. Now, it's true he didn't say which Christmas, but uh, when he promised that yeah. in uh, around about this time or a bit later than now in 2020, uh, people thought uh, that would be taken seriously. And, of course, uh, 36,000 Australians remain stranded overseas. We have unaccompanied children who are still stranded overseas who their parents unable to see them. I just find it completely hopeless the way that this government has handled all of those issues.